Thanks for tuning into Upward Way Podcast. If you're looking to be spiritually blessed, moved, and inspired, there is no doubt you are in the right place. On our show, guests recount their encounter with Christ and how their lives have been transformed through the grace and love of God. And now, please welcome our host. Welcome to Upward Way. I am your host, Marlon Walters. My guest today is a medical missionary with a home sanitarium and co-founder of Medical Missionary Group UK. Jackie Brown, welcome to Upward Way. Thank you very much. It's a privilege to be here. Thanks for taking the time out to really join us today. And I look forward to a very interesting interview. Now, as we start proceedings, I just want you to share with the audience your faith journey. That is, where and when did it all begin? Well, that would be a very long story. So I need to start perhaps from when the Lord really called on uh, my husband, primarily, initially, to do missionary work full time. So if you can imagine, we have three young children who were at the time one, three, and five. And uh, my husband is a graphic designer, supposedly doing so well. You know, he's moving up in those lines and very, you know, reputable in his work. And I had retrained as a childminder after having my first child in order to stay home. And so I had a small business as a childminder. And here was the call to let go of all of that. That was it. That was the epitome. You know, we had the house in in suburbia and we had the, you know, the job. We went to church. We were involved in, in personal ministries and children's ministries and various other ministries. So it was okay, surely. But he felt impressed that God wanted us to go the next step in working for others. And so I believe uh, God had been doing a, a previous work to that, to bring us to that point. But that is when truly we had to step out in faith and prove that faith that we claim to have. Wonderful. So you could say you just had a... Young family starting out and God is calling you to ministry. You did say you were a child minder at the time and also your husband was in uh, graphic art. So how difficult or how easy was it for you to make that transition? I think for me, it was difficult only internally because I believed that if God was leading him, that I was willing to, to go wherever God led. So I had the willingness but I had the internal struggle of, of how are we going to survive, Lord? What are we going to do? At the same time, we had been listening to, you know, the likes of David Gates and Walter Veith and, and these individuals. And so I also believed that money was nothing to God. If he was the one leading, then we had nothing to fear. Oh, but the voices, the voices all around, the parents, the family members, the church. So I think that that was conflicting. 
um, the, the willingness to say, come on, let's, let's go forward. If this is the way God is leading, I did ask, you know, what are we going to eat? And, and he, you know, said, well, if we trust God, he'll provide us something to eat, even if he has to rain manna from heaven. So I had to, um, by faith, by faith, uh, really quieten those internal struggles that I had and, and support what God was communicating to my husband. And at the time, it didn't make sense to many people. And I think it's the external reactions really that I think sometimes led to the internal struggles. Yes, it, it's really a challenge many times putting in words what God has really communicated to us because individuals just don't get it. You know, they think we are becoming cuckoo. We have lost friends. <laughs> and as you say, that is where it's difficult sometimes to translate into words. And that is what creates doubt. So you're a medical missionary and also a medical missionary trainer. I, I don't know how many individuals really understand what this is all about. So if you could just provide some perspective, what is this work of being a medical missionary? And then later you could share a bit as to what you do as a trainer. But first, what is this medical missionary role about? Med medical missionary work really is following Christ's method. Um, when Christ was on the earth and he is the greatest medical missionary and he's left us an example, he met men and women where they were. He healed their diseases, whether they were physical, mental or spiritual. And then he bid them follow me. And that example has been left to us after having been allowed to be reached ourselves. We are then supposed to go out and do the same. And the best way is through medical missionary work. As we keep hearing, it's the right arm, it's the right arm. What does that mean? It literally opens doors. It disables a person's angst about religion because medical missionary work is the gospel practiced. So it's not just me coming at somebody with the gospel, but by me being interested in them, interested in their health, in their struggles in life, they then wonder why. And then we get to introduce them to the master healer. And um, it, it has broken so many barriers. That, that is so interesting because, you know, when a person hears the term medical missionary, I, I guess for many, they are thinking you need to have medical expertise, you need to be a a dentist, a nurse, a doctor, but for you, you have made it so simple. It is just reaching out to people's needs and then ministering to that need. For you being a medical missionary trainer, what uh, are some of, I would say, your, your roles, your, your duties? What exactly do you do? <laughs> That's a very, very good question. Um, you know, medical missionary has a, um, such a wide scope. It's basically Christ-likeness and Christ-culture. It involves every aspect of our lives. And usually people expect remedies and recipes and lotions and potions. But actually, ultimately, it's about Christ in the heart. So what do we do? 
Well, God has really grown us. We set out as missionaries. And in 2010, I was preparing to have my son, who's uh, my fourth child. And Winston thought that we needed to have somewhere where we could pause for a while until I had Levi and then continue with evangelism. And so we, the Lord led us, we truly believe he did. Uh, he led us to Scotland. And this is where we have been for the last 11 years, nearly 12 years. And this is when he added the medical missionary aspect. You see, I had never heard of medical missionary work prior to that. And so for us, the emphasis was evangelism. However, we realized we were doing a work that was incomplete. And so when we ourselves discovered and started to live um, what we were learning, um, then we started to share it. Well, initially we started sharing it, and Brother Glenn Daniel was the very first person that we trained. When he heard what we had been looking into and discovering and really rejoicing in, he came up um, to Scotland and he said, okay, share this. And we shared it with him. And that was the very beginning. So we started by training others. We started by by speaking in churches. And then God said, now open your home to receive people who may need help and use those things that you have come to know and prove and help them to use it too. So what do we do? <laughs> we have a home sanitarium where individuals who have any lifestyle diseases, or it could be any reason. We, we open our home according to God's leading, and people come here with cancer, with high blood pressure, with diabetes, um, with arthritis, with depression, with um, addictions. Every aspect, really, that, that would hinder the full capacity of a person uh, or the full functioning capacity of a person or would hinder their communication or their connection with God, we welcome all people. And then we use God's plan. We use God's plan. You may inquire, what is God's plan? God's plan is godly trust, open air, daily exercise, sunshine, loss of water, or rather plenty of rest first, loss of water, always temperate nutrition. Most people know this as new start. Um, but we like the acronym God's Plan because it puts God first. And we simply implement these things in various forms, whether it be hydrotherapy, which is the use of water um, for, for the restoration of health internally and externally, whether it's massage, whether it's just going for a walk up the hills and valleys. Um, and we use all of these for the, their recovery by God's grace. Um, so we call them health guests because they're simply coming to visit us in our home and in the process acquire uh, restoration from God who heals. So I could imagine in your home you experience daily, weekly, monthly miracles. Am I correct? Oh, wow. Um, I can't begin to tell you the amazing miracles that we see. Literally the lame walking and the blind seeing and, and those who have been 
down, you know, in depression for many years, just, just leap out and, and rejoice. It's just a miracle. And so nothing phases us anymore. You know, there was a time when someone will call and say, you know, um, I have estrogenic cancer and, and I would like to come as a health guest. And I'll be like, Lord, really? I mean, come on, high blood pressure. Yeah. Okay. Manageable. Uh, diabetes, cancer. He said, yes, remember, it's the same plan. I'm the same God. It's not about you. Once I realized that it wasn't about me, that it was God who did the work. We were just instrumentalities to put the plan into action and allow him to work. Oh, the miracles have been amazing. Truly, truly amazing. Yes. I will ask another question along these lines because, you know, when individuals think about healing, for some they think of, I mean, you being religious, that you will lay hands on the person, pray, and then maybe overnight there's a cure. Or for others, they think, and I know earlier you alluded to some of it, they think that maybe, you know, it has something to do with particular food or something. But based on your experience, of course, we know ultimately it's God. But what would you say are the contributing factors that lead to the healing of some of these individuals that you would have experienced? That's a very good question. I think everything spoken about, the lotions, the potions, <laughs> um, the prayers, the I think it's holistic. Each has a place in the restoration of a person. Um, the contributing factors to a person's restoration or, or um, recovery is also their willingness to literally... Uh, be uneducated. You know, we are miseducated for so much um, of our lives that when it comes to very, very simple things, we struggle. For example, imagine a person has been suffering migraines for a very long time and um, you approach the person, you say, you know what, drink some water. That person will not believe that water is sufficient to alleviate migraines. But then when you explain that uh, the body is over 75% water, that everything it does, it uses and loses water, and that uh, when the kidneys do not have sufficient water, because they are the ones who cleanse the blood, they will take it from wherever they could find it. Your brain is suspended in fluid. They will draw it from there. Your joints are suspended in synovial fluid. They will draw it from there. Your skin, your hair. And so once you have that explanation, they now can have a small idea why water is so important in, you know, the, the problem, which is uh, migraines. However, you don't stop there. You then look at what about stress? What is going on in your life that is really overwhelming you? And so you see, the water has, has a place. The talk about stress and, and, and possibly may actually be part of the root issue. 
And then, of course, you need to go and make them some white willow bark and Jamaican dogwood. Maybe you can put some cat's claw in there to alleviate the pain. As you're doing that, you may decide you want to do them a hot foot bath with a cold compress on the head to alleviate the pain even more. So all of these wonderful aspects have a place. The person just has to be willing to give it a go. And I think it's that surrender and it's that being willing also to um, be uneducated in order to be re-educated. Wonderful. That, that is such a brilliant response. And as I heard you speaking, I'm reminded of this story. Of course, it's in more than one chapters of the Bible, but I'll reference Mark chapter 5, verse 34, particularly when Christ said to that woman who had that issue of blood for 12 years, he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. And you have just painted that whole episode in such a beautiful way. I'm going back to your own personal journey now with Christ. Um, you spoke about being led along this path, but as it relates to your personal walk with Christ, you know, where did things you know, start? Was it that you were brought up in a faith home? Did you come to Jesus as an adult, as a teen? Where did your personal journey um, got kick-started? Well, my personal journey began at university, uh, where because uh, I, after I had left home to go to university, um, I purposed to find God for myself. Previous to that, I was a Catholic, um, supposedly confirmed, but not really understanding and not really um, grasping a lot of the questions that I had about Catholicism. Um, even at school, I went to Catholic schools and I remember asking so many questions and many a times they were um, overlooked and um, sidelined. So when I went to university, supposedly um, for the first time on my own, from my parents and every other, you know, all the other family members and, and what I had been taught. Now I, I wanted to seek God for myself. I met a young man who, you know, shared that he was a Seventh-day Adventist. It didn't even come out like that. I think we were part of the same group. We were going out on the Saturday and, um, you know, he said he wasn't coming and I inquired as to why. And he said, well, he's going to church. And I reminded him very kindly that it was not a day for church. Uh, asked whether there was a wedding or a funeral that he was attending. He said, no, um, I go to church on a Saturday. And I inquired why. And he said, because that's a day that it says in the Bible that we ought to worship. And I said, says who? And he says, the word of God. And I said, show me. And he did. And I could not believe it. I couldn't believe it. And um, a few weeks later, I did ask him if I could come to his church. And he said, yes, of course. Went to his church. And what I loved about his church, most of all, was that as the pastor began to speak, I could follow him from Genesis to Revelation and everything else in between. And I thought, wow, this is exhilarating. And this is what I was searching for when I sought out to seek God for myself, to really be able to read the word and not have it interpreted to you in a 15-minute discourse and not have 
this thing of repetition of, of going to Mary and the saints and, and, and all of these things, but straight directly to God through Jesus Christ. That to me was exactly what I had been looking for. And so that's where it, it began, but I didn't come quickly. Um, it took me, and that's another story in and of itself. It took me seven years before I, um, I was baptized. And, um, a few months after, I also was married to this same gentleman who introduced me to, um, the Sunday Adventist Church. I remember seeing a quotation online. I think it was last week or earlier this week. And the person said, you know, every love story is beautiful, but mine, <laughs> it's the most beautiful. I can imagine that's what you're actually saying at this particular moment. It is really a beautiful love story of faith and also of a personal uh, man and woman relationship. In terms of investing, because you, you spoke about reaching out, trying to know God for yourselves. In terms of investing, you know, time or pursuing Christ, let me put it that way. How do you actively pursue your own spiritual growth? What, what are some of the strategies that you have uh, implemented to ensure that you remain anchored in Christ? Amen. That's a wonderful question as well. Um, to spend the first hours of the day with him daily, um, making sure you get that, uh, that bread for yourself so that you remain anchored in him throughout the day. And, you know, no matter how busy things are, making sure that that time is protected. And so what I do, I don't, I don't come out of my room. I know that if I do, I'm going to be caught somewhere along the way by a child, by a person, by an issue, by something that I see that needs sorting. And um, so I, I have everything there. I rise and I, I spend my first hour. It may sometimes be 45 minutes, but whatever time I have, I must dedicate it to God um, in the first instance. And then maintain that connection throughout the day, whether it's by reminding myself of the verses that I read in the morning, singing scripture songs as I, I walk through the house and simply abiding. And in everything, I mean, when we do therapies for guests, when we have guests, um, before every therapy we pray, submitting that therapy and that person to the Lord, reminding ourselves that we by ourselves can do nothing, just constantly submitting, submitting, submitting. But that's crucial. And then ensuring, because you see, this work can be, can be so busy, um, you almost have an excuse to overwork. But you have to purpose to set time aside to rest a while, as even Christ bid his own disciples, come, come aside and rest a while. So he has always uh, put within our program that if we have a six-day, um, you know, stay where a guest stays or a 12-day or a 21-day, that after each session, we must have a time of rest, a whole week away where we reconnect fully with each other, we reset, 
and we also enjoy the outdoors, which we do anyhow. Even when the guests are here, we make sure we take them out to behold the beautiful creations of God. And that also keeps you in line. You know, you just have to look out and exclaim how great thou art, you know, as we take them from place to place. And when we are alone, as we walk from place to place, whether it's hill or mountain or valley or by the river or by the sea, um, each aspect really draws you closer to God. Alone with God in nature. You, you know, as I, as I listen to you sharing, uh, I, I can just, I mean, I've never been to Scotland, but I can just, you know, see the landscape. I can just hear uh, the birds chirping. I can just hear, you know, the different sounds in the background. Everything sounds so peaceful just by you sharing, you know, taking time out to rest. Because when we think about success, one of the things that, like for me, I was taught, I can remember even right now vividly, during my final years of high school, my teacher would say, you know, now you should be burning <laughs> the midnight oil. So we were taught that to be successful, then we have to be up and we have to be working. But you have highlighted a very important component that is oftentimes not shared with this working, that we need to take some time just to rest a while. Now, as we talk about, you know, working, toiling for the master, have you ever been given an, an assignment that you are saying, God, you know, I know I love you. I know I trust you, but please, I, I don't want to take this one. That's a very good question. Again, you, you're full of good questions right now. Because why I say it's good questions, it's make, it makes me think. <laughs> um, it makes me think very hard. Now, going back to what you said about um, uh, resting, you know, God has a way of keeping us in check. It's very difficult uh, for me to share with our guests, we must drink water when they see that I don't drink water. It's also good, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's contradictory for me to say, you know, part of God's plan is plenty of rest. We need to make sure you get proper rest and they see that I don't rest. And so, you know, it's, it, it keeps you in check. And God is so wonderful in, in how he does that. Um, in terms of a, a, a mission where I thought, Lord, what is this? You know, it's, it was actually quite recent because nothing tends to phase us too much. Okay, okay. The first one really that... I paused that and I, I had to really talk with God about was about a group of young people who all had addictions of some kind. Um, for the males, it was heroin, it was, it was marijuana and various other issues that they had, but they had a desire to be free. And, um, somehow they, the Lord had led them to us. And though we wanted to work with them from afar, Though we wanted to send uh, one of our trained medical missionaries to them, we were inspired really to have them come. Um, then there were a, a number of females who also had problems with addictions, who were also seeking help. So we considered, Lord, would it be wise to bring them together? 
But I was worried. I was worried for my children because um, these individuals, for the first time, were going to have to abstain from their addictions. We're going to be cleansed, and during that cleansing process, there is that almost the reaction by the body um, while it's going through withdrawal. And I didn't know how these individuals would take it, how they would be, and I didn't want to put my children in danger. But then it was like, God was like, wait a minute, they're my children. They're my children. Um, and so trust me, and um, it shall be well. But I have to admit that I, I initially was very, you know, very cautious with that situation. And, but it was beautiful. It really was beautiful that as these young people were sharing with my young people about how they got into their position, where they were, and, and admonishing them to follow in a path that would not steer them in that same trap. You know, watching them having conversations, my children asking them questions. So have you been in prison? Yes, I have. What were you there for? And, and, and it just, it just opened up to me as well how God actually exposes us. People think because we live in the area that we live that we don't really come in contact with life. But I think these children have been more exposed to life in a way that is more conducive to their growth than Otherwise, um, there was another another one recently whereby a lady wanted to come. Um, she'd been depressed for many, many years and was actually addicted to um, one of her antidepressants for the last 30 years, wanted to be free. And um, could we help? I simply say, as I always say, if the Lord is leading you here, he has a healing for you. And um, before she came, she admitted that um, she had multiple personalities. I said, pardon? She says, yes, there are three of us. I said, three of you, okay, wonderful. I'm sure there's enough space for all three, but I had to pause and I ran to my husband and I said, there are three of them. He said, oh, he, she has three friends that she's bringing? No. I said, there's three in that same person. She has multiple personalities. And he said, uh-oh. And I said, yes. What are we going to do? And he repeated what I always said. If God is bringing her here, we can't hinder. And uh, so I have to say, I did not know how things were going to pan out in that situation. But it was a mission that I, I, I truly, for a moment, thought, Lord, are you sure? It sounds humorous, but it definitely is not humorous. And, you know, as I thought about it for 30 years and multiple personalities, three. So for each decade, there is a personality. So I, I can just imagine the overwhelming feeling that would have been over you and your family by extension. Now, I want to ask a question that it's not personal, it's not really related to you per se, but it's just for you to give a perspective. In terms of people trusting God and trusting God's plan, you know, why do you suppose there are so many individuals of faith who find it difficult to trust God's plan for their lives? I could even say, you know, why is it that some even walk away from the faith? 
they don't know God. They don't know God. They have an idea of God that perhaps they've come to adopt and believe. But if they truly know God, um, it is not uh, difficult to follow his plan. His plan is actually very simple. And that's also sometimes the problem. It's too simple. You know, learned doctors have not been able to tell me this. They have given very long-winded names for the many conditions that I have, and not one of them said drink water or exercise. Therefore, this cannot be it. My problem is too great for these simple things. And I always say God's plan is the foundation of health and also the, the foundation of the restoration of health. And so you can do different remedies and recipes, and but if you don't follow the natural things that God has instituted right from the beginning, it's going to be difficult for your body to follow that um, process of healing. Um, why people struggle with God's plan, you have a part to play. So you can pray and Say, God is going to heal me. God is going to heal me. And he does still do miraculous healings. But we have a part to play. Um, he has given us uh, a plan. And if we cooperate with him, we can actually um, be restored physically, mentally, and spiritually. But oftentimes, we expect God to be faithful, but we are unfaithful. Um, God's plan is difficult because I do have to do something. Um, it's not just making sure I take my pills. It's not just making sure I do my remedies. It's making sure I exercise, at least go for a walk. Um, it's making sure I spend that time with him. So we have a part to play and sometimes we're unwilling to do our part. So knowing God or getting to know him, doing our part, and then it's the faith to believe that doing my part and allowing God to do his part will bring about that which I seek. The Bible tells us that um, God does not withhold anything good from us. And so if he bids us to do something, it is for our good. And so it's, it's again, the trust in God. And that's why godly trust is first in our acronym, because it is through that trust that we will do all the others. Amen. The answer you give, it's so simple. And that is what you said. God's plan appears so simple to us. And because of that simple foundation, we have a challenge in accepting. And then you also mentioned that we have a part to play. You know, it, it reminds me of a sermon I listened to about 10 years ago by Mark Finley. He spoke about a character who he referred to as the big cigar man. And just to make it brief, he, he said that this big cigar man found out he had cancer and he was terrified. But then he prayed and God healed him. So I think it was Mark or someone else saw him and said, what happened? Why are you so happy? And he said, you know, God healed me. And the following day, he saw him puffing away again at another big cigar. So, you know, we 
want to be healed or we want wealth, we, we want a new job, we want to lose weight, but we don't recognize that we also have a role to play. And so you have really said it in a very succinct manner, which brings me to, you know, I would say a lighter question for you. What do you suppose would surprise most persons about you, Jackie Brown? <laughs> what would surprise most persons about me? Perhaps that um, I'm, I do cartwheels and handstands and roll down hills and um, splash in water and do very seemingly ridiculous things alongside my children and truly enjoy it. <laughs> um, so that's, that's quite surprising. I, 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 I suppose they expect you to have lots of inhibitions and you'd be very immature about life. And, but I sometimes can be very childlike. <laughs> it's called living life to the fullest. I know you have spoke about, you know, your work as a missionary, um, starting out first as just sharing God's words, then he called you to something bigger. And I'm also asking, you know, do you get a sense that God is calling you to something else, something additional, or is asking you to expand? And if so, what is he asking you to do right now that you are saying, you know, God, I never thought of this before. But you have you are asking me to do something additional, and so I'm ready to take the next step. It has always been step by step um, our walk with the Lord um, in this way. It has always been step by step. Uh, first, it was to teach others what we were learning, and then to um, speak about it in different places where we were called. And then it was to welcome individuals into our home, individuals we had never met, and trust him with the results. And even with lockdown, uh, when lockdown took place, we thought, Lord, now what? You know, individuals can't come here. We can't go there. And he said, be still and know that I am God. And he opened an avenue for us on Zoom, whereby we can still communicate with people, we can help people through COVID and cancer and various other diseases. And we can now train. You see, previous to that, we were training in-house. So we had groups of people come different periods of the year to train, do the theory and the practical. And he basically brought to us that we can still train people. And he opened the sphere even wider not just people in the UK now. Now you can train people anywhere and everywhere in the world, India. Now you can go into China and, and various other places of the world and train others. And they in turn will share with others within their sphere. And so the work can go forward um, with strength and with, in his might. So this was astounding. And in so doing, hundreds of people within the last two years have been trained in a multiple number of areas in the world that we perhaps would not have reached otherwise. So God has, has been doing amazing things. What now? What is he asking us to do that we're saying, wow, Lord, 
we have never really been interested in huge expanse of a ministry in and of ourselves. Always been interested in, in keeping it small, but many. So the idea of training each trained person now becomes part of medical missionary group and they become uh, missionaries in their sphere, wherever they are, whatever they're doing, in any small way, they can be a light. So it's always been about little lights shining all over the place, as opposed to one great structure that is called Medical Missionary Group. So it's, it's fluid and it's, it's, it's widespread. However, I have to say, more and more, um, I find when Young people come here, you, you know, young people have, have called me and said, can we come there for a week or two? And they invite themselves. And I think this is so wonderful. And I said, Lord, we need more space. We need more space. So the young people, when they come, they don't have to be rushed off after a week. A lot of them are seeking. I and mean, we've got a beautiful young lady coming to join us for an indefinite amount of time um, on Sunday. She came here as a guest with um, initially by herself and then with her mother. And I got a call two weeks ago and she says, Auntie Jackie, can I come? I said, as a health guest? She says, I want to come and stay for a time to get my head together, to assist you in some small way and to get better. She suffered with depression and she also had blood clots. I mean, she's 24 years old. And, you know, I took it to my husband, we took it to the Lord, and we said, come, come. Just this morning, I got a call, a message from another former guest who has been here on her own and with her children. And she says, can you please take my daughter for a few weeks? The young people need to be empowered they need to know that they have a place in God's plan, a very intricate and important place in God's plan. And it's becoming more and more desire to, I suppose, to have a band of youth who will go out and do that which they've been commissioned to do with confidence after having themselves had an encounter with the Lord. And uh, that is a desire. And... Um, I think I think uh, that is something that I pray that God will realize sooner rather than later. And it's the desire of His that He put in our hearts. It's interesting. Um, the last group of young people who had invited themselves here. I mean, it was an amazing time. It was our time out actually. It was our week off, and they came. And um, after they left, that I I felt impressed. We need to have youth camp youth camps, not so that they can go rafting, though rafting is great, not so that they can they can come together and, you know, socialize as young people, no, but so that they can be empowered to live a Christ-like life without any apology and be strengthened to stand though the heavens fall. And so um, as I put the young people who came here, they were so enthusiastic. And they were like, oh yeah, I could invite this person and that person and that person. So we settled in February. The first youth camp that's going to take place under MMG is going to be, by the grace of God, in February 
where random young people, they're just going to be inspired to grab whomsoever and say, come, come meet a man. And I pray that God will bless um, the beginnings of this effort and that it will turn into something amazing. Speak it into being. I know God will indeed bless the effort. Now, as we have been speaking about your facility, your home, your ministry, I know the listeners would be itching to say, how do I connect with Sister Jackie and her family? You know, how do I reach out? And and there might be others who may want to donate. So I'm just going to give you the next. It doesn't matter how many (laughs) minutes you need. Just to share, you know, is there a website? Is there a Facebook page? How do persons connect with a medical missionary group UK? And also, if they would like to donate, how do they go about doing that? I I am contactable via um, WhatsApp currently. Um, So I'm more than happy to give my WhatsApp number. Besides that, um, you can contact us through missionarygroup.org.uk. That's missionarygroup.org.uk. That's our website. And if you go there, you can um, donate. But if you're struggling for whatever reason, um, you can contact us and we can send you, depending on where you are in the world, send you the, the most effective way of reaching us or of donating. Um, to our various projects. You can also email. Email me personally at mamibrago at yahoo.com, which is M-A-R-M-E-B-I-R-A-G-O at yahoo.com or advice at medicalmissionary.co.uk advice at medicalmissionary.co.uk .co.uk and um, so there are various ways we'll welcome your messages, your communication highly and uh, we do cover your prayers also I'm just going to ask you kindly just to repeat another time the um, web address and also the email address so in case someone would have missed it yes um, the website is missionarygroup.org.uk. Missionarygroup.org.uk. Um, and then the email address for myself is Mami Brago, which is M A R M E B I R A G O at yahoo.com or advice at medicalmissionary.co.uk advice at medicalmissionary.co.uk fantastic so listeners there you know if you need to get in touch with medical missionary group uk you have email you have web address so feel free to reach out and may god guide the proceedings My guest today has been Jackie Brown, medical missionary with a home sanitarium and also co-founder of Medical Missionary Group UK. Now, Sister Jackie, I want to say thanks for taking the time out to share with us your story today. But as is customary, just before you go, do you have any final words for our listeners? 
final words. I love this quote. It says to take hold of my strength and make peace, and he shall make peace. And um, that has been our experience in the past year, especially under all the traumas of uh, what's going on in the world. And him leading us to do the online training and the online Sabbath sessions that we hold, it led to Bible studies, which led to baptisms. And so take hold of his strength and allow him to lead you step by step in every and any capacity of life and trust him with all your heart, not leaning onto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledging him. And he will, he does, and will continue to direct your paths. You've been in tuned to Upward Way. Do join us again next week when we'll have another interesting guest sharing his or her story of faith. You can subscribe to weekly episodes on Apple, Spotify, Listen Notes, and Podcast Guru, or go to the App Store and download the AWR app. You're also welcome to visit our Facebook page, click like, and leave a comment. Until then, I'm Marlon Walter saying goodbye. May God bless you. You've been listening to the Upward Way podcast, the number one audio production show for people who want encouragement and reassurance in a muddled world.